Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 191, recorded on May 7th, 2021, where John and Jason interview Miguel Yopis, Principal Program Manager for Power Query and Data Flows, about the seismic shift in the Power Query world, the new community resources for Power Query, and some future thinking in this space. Hello, Jace. How are you today? John, I'm doing really well, man. This has uh, been a good week of interviewing, man. It's been uh, it's been fun. We've had all sorts of good stuff to talk about. Today's interview is one I'm, I've been looking forward to for, what, about six weeks since we've been saying we need to get yep. this guy on the show again. It's been a long time, and uh, there's lots it's of good always stuff a treat. to talk about in this space. But uh, it's been a busy week as well. Just got done doing some awesome work stuff. I'm very, very geeked. And yesterday was my youngest son's 11th birthday. So a lot of great fun to be had in all the things. So we've got a birthday party this weekend and looks like it's going to be beautiful weather for it. So I'm excited. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I got my pool open here. So I'm starting to look forward to the glimmer of summer. It's still cold out, but it's getting cleaned up. So I'm happy. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, our pool opened. uh, I don't want to know. April 1st. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But it's... (laughs) <laughs> My son decided he wanted a pool party for his birthday. So uh, it, it should be really good. It should be good weather and we're going to have fun. So I, I say I've been excited about this conversation. It, this is what I do all day long now, you know, is I live in Power BI and spend my time in Power Query and doing all sorts of cool stuff. And a couple of weeks ago, I guess it feels like it was around Ignite time frame. There was some big announcements about, you know, there's a new Power Query blog and there's all sorts of new stuff coming out. And Power Query is sort of, it's not been the shadows of everything else, but like main topic of conversation. And so we reached out to Miguel and said, hey, can we have a chat? Because the world needs to know more about this. And you know, at least the world that listens to our podcast is chomping at the bit for some of this information. So without further ado, Miguel, would you please reintroduce yourself to our audience, sir? Hi, John. Hi, Jazz. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me and thank all of you uh, who are listening right now. I'm Miguel Jopis. I'm the uh, Product Manager Lead for uh, Power Query and Data Flows at Microsoft. And Miguel, you have the distinct honor, I guess it would be, of being one of the early guests back when we used to do this on video, way, so, way back yeah. in the in the early times, back when we were under 10 episodes, if I recall correctly, it was like number four or five. And so it's been a long time since we've gotten to have you on the show, man. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm shocked Absolutely. that you wanted to. I always have to throw in because Miguel is the person who first showed me my first glimpse of Power BI desktop or the Power BI in its current incarnation back in, I think it was in this, might've been the spring of 2015. It might've even been in the fall of 2014, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, was, whoa. So thanks so much. I always got, I've always got Miguel associated with Power BI. Nice. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I remember that one. It was, yeah, it was uh, late 2014. I think um, right before we did the Power BI designer preview, which was December uh, 2014. Yeah, yeah. So it was MVP Summit then. That's right. Yeah. That would have been my first MVP Summit in 2014. Yeah, that's that's wild. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. 
www.thinkingfaith.com. All right. Well, Miguel, talk to us about what you're up to these days. As I just mentioned, you know, back at Ignite timeframe, there was some big unveil uh, unveilings of a new top level brand around Power Query, for, uh, you know, having powerquery.microsoft.com as a blog site, all sorts of great stuff. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Sure. I mean, I don't know if this is a stepping back too much, but really I'm still on my same quest and mission, my life's mission to make everyone's uh, life working with data easier. So with that, you know, as, as you know, what they say, people spend 80% of their time uh, preparing the data before they can analyze it or they can just sit downstream. I like to say the other 20% they spend complaining about how hard data preparation was. <laughs> And then going back and, and doing what they should have done in data prep, uh, back in data prep, but they tried to do in the modeling stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, with that spirit, this is all what Power Query is about. And for us, it's all about taking Power Query to the next level, make it more powerful, make it smarter, make it take you to new places, integrate with new product integrations. You know, we're all, you're all used to Power Query in Excel, Power Query in Power BI, but now with Power Query being available in many other places, Power Apps to ingest data into Dataverse, what used to be called a common data service. Power Query and Data Flows to be integrated with Dynamics 365 applications to also power insights with applications like Dynamics 365 Customer Insights and many others. The recent developments on Power Query being integrated within Azure Data Factory uh, so that you can actually use Power Query to design M that actually translates to a Spark, so it can be run. It can be run in a scale-out fashion within Azure Data Factory, and you know many other scenarios that continue talking about. They sometimes lose track of the number of product integrations we have. We are close to nine, ten product integrations for Power everywhere. So that's one area. You know, take Power Query to new places, but also make it such that it's simpler. Of course. You know, for an existing Power Query user, it's always better to do things in less time and be able to, you know, just have to think through uh, less about the tough problems. But also we're making it such that we're lowering the, the entry bar, the, you know, the entry level bar for new users because, you know, we are in 2021, this is the data decade. So everyone needs to work with data and, you know, demand for data work is actually higher than the you know, the skilled data, you know, professional data engineers, professional ETL developers out there. So it's really on us. On, and by us now, I mean the, the royal ass of, you know, not just Microsoft, but the entire software industry to provide the right set of products and technologies. And of course, love the competition because that's the thing that pushes you to actually do your best. What would you ascribe the success of Power Query to? I mean, there's been a lot of ETL tools over the years, a lot of different ways of doing this stuff. Why has Power Query caught on the way it has? What? Well, I have my opinions, but what, what, what do you think as the main reason or the main reasons for that? So to me, I think it's all about the simplicity and the ease of use and the, you know, the metaphor of you can do 99% of things through the uh, user experience, the Power Query editor to design your queries. And then from there, you can grow onto, you know, looking at the underlying code, tweaking it. Of course, if you're a hardcore M developer, you probably start with your blank query and start typing like a code monkey. But uh, that's actually not me. That's <laughs> not me either. I'm a UI guy and, you know, I'll, I'll tweak things from there. But that's one aspect just from a philosophy of, hey, let's keep it simple from the beginning. Not too many pains, not too many controls to look through. Of course, we give you advanced views like, you know, dependencies views, diagram view, which, you know, we're innovating quite a bit. And, uh, you know, diagnostics views. But those are all, you know, hidden by default, even profiling 
so that you know the tool is not as intimidating to the first-time user. It's just a table with data, and then you can start applying transfers to it. That's one aspect. The other aspect I think we've you know been really good at has been a strong differentiator for Microsoft in many different businesses, but particularly with data prep has been, which is the ability to actually productize the years and decades of research coming out of a Microsoft research division uh, with technologies like our by example capabilities, our fuzzy matching capabilities. So, uh, you know, something that competitors have a really, really hard time matching because, again, they don't have the decades of researcher uh, work that has been and continues to be going on at Microsoft at a huge investment. I love the by examples work that you've done. That's uh, amazing. What John, by I, example? Oh. Yeah. When we do our, our workshop, it's a lot of fun to show people and the look on people's faces. It's it's a mic drop moment. It really has been for us when we do that. Like, look at what you can do. And we were just doing the web by example. Like, now you all have gone beyond that, right? And, you know, there's so much more that you can do with the by examples capability. Now that it's, it's in different file types as well. But that capability of looking at it and understanding the intelligence behind it is phenomenal. And because oftentimes we're getting to a point in my world where we're trying to figure out how random files, people are sending us all sorts of different schemas and everything. And we're having to go full machine learning in order to, to truly be able to say, like finding the information that we're looking for and be able to pull that data out and be able to ingress it into other places. But with the by examples world, it, it really is much more simple. And you guys have done a fantastic job with that. Thank you. That's what we were going for. And of course, we continue to push it to make it even more powerful and also take it to new places, as you said, with new file formats. So today we support, by example, capabilities on top of web, as you said, web by, web by example. We recently ga the capability in Power BI desktop to also do data extraction, by example, on top of text and CSV files. And we also, you know, in addition to that, we have the ability to extract by example and transform data by example on top of existing tables in the query editor, what we call the column by examples. But also we're pushing the envelope and, you know, what a most uh, common scenario to bring data from a place than an Excel file, right? That is the number one database in the world, as you all know. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> in Excel workbooks than anywhere else combined, probably. But, you know, very often data in Excel files is in raw format. Like you don't have it formatted as a table, it formatted as a range. So bringing the data into, into a tool is actually really complex. You end up having, imagine the classic example where you have a, a single spreadsheet with multiple rectangles of data that's been formatted different with bold, you know, uh, some uh, empty columns in between, some header on, on one cell that talks about the, the contents below it. So that's actually another use that we're making of the by example technology where there's actually no examples provided by users. But if you go try one of those spreadsheets today with the, the latest Power BI desktop releases, you would see that in addition to the classic list of spreadsheets that we give you on that navigator view in Power Query, you now will get a section that says, hey, here's a few suggested tables that we found here. We did some magic. We found these rectangles of data that we think they're tables based on the contents that you have and go use them. And that would actually save you uh, from maybe tens or dozens of steps to actually massage that raw worksheet to get into that data and scrape it. Just another example. And, you know, we have many more coming up for this by example technology and others. So along the lines of making it easier and make people more productive and make it also much simpler for new users to come on board. One that I found particularly useful is the JSON by example, because right. working with JSON files, 
previously was a pain. Frankly, if you did, if you were just handed a, a J, you don't really understand the the full structure of JSON, of that particular JSON. You're drilling down. Nope, nope, nope. That's not where it is. Drill back up. Check it out. Da, da, da. But this, boom! It just tries to figure out the, all that. It's, there it is for you. It makes life a lot easier. How could I forget about our JSON by example when I'm talking to Jason? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for not calling me a JSON blob because exactly. John does it all the time. It's really nice. I've, I'm a huge fan of this functionality. This is It's a game changer because where you can do that, I, I haven't had to go full ML on a lot of these things because of this feature. So that... It's just one of so many of the things that in your world that are so super cool. And it, it was something I didn't remember and realize until we started talking today that you own data flows. They can't yes. see your shrug, man. This is like, it's, it's huge. <laughs> this is this is one of those things that I've been talking. I talk with, with Adam and Patrick on a regular basis. And the conversation that, that the four of us, John, Patrick, and I have is that, that it truly is a game-changing piece of technology, that data flows is the way in the light as we move forward for so much of what we're trying to accomplish that more and more inside of my world at work, I'm like, why can't you make that a data flow? Why can't you make that a data flow? Start thinking down the lines of how do we get out of the, everything has to be in its own data set world to how do we make that into a data flow? And the conversation always comes back to, well, but there's premium requirements around this. It's like, okay, are you sure? Go off and make sure it's not a premium because there's a lot of stuff you can do with data flows that's not, doesn't require premium. There is a lot of stuff also that is really great that requires it, but I understand why. And so oftentimes it's like, okay, well, what, what are the reasons? Well, are you also doing paginated reports? You're also doing this and that, all of that. It's like, yeah, like you were going to need it anyway. So just let's look at making a data flow and it makes life so much simpler. So can you tell us a little bit about what's coming for data flows? Sure, absolutely. No, I was, uh, I was actually just nodding. Of course, nobody can see because <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, data flows has been such an exciting journey. We started it about four years ago. About four years ago, actually, Power Query Online didn't even exist. We started just boosted, developing it from scratch, just bootstrapping the capabilities. And it's a fully web-based, you know, cloud-based environment, both the experience as well as the behind backend to actually evaluate M queries and, you know, all the infrastructure that comes with it. And we've integrated that data flows capability with Power BI, with uh, with the rest of the Power Platform, with Dynamics. So it gives users a lot of flexibility. I love food and I like to talk about food analogies. So I always like the onion analogy. So if you think about, you know, the core of that onion is the mashup engine, right? It's the heart that actually runs your queries that, you know, is, is the brains and the heart of Power Query. The Power Query experience around it, the, 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 the query editor, the, the UI, nice UI look and feel for all of your transforms is the next layer. You, you use the UI to generate them. Data flows is the outer layer of it where you take your M, which you design with Power Query, and now you're running it on a schedule to get your data from point A to point B. In this case, with um, the integration of data flows in Power BI, we're bringing data into Azure Data Lake Storage. With premium features, you can also have SQL compute capabilities on top of that so that the consumption experiences and the computation on those data flows is actually much more powerful. But end of the day, you know, it's, it's these layers of the onion and how we expand them. And of course, now you can use that onion in many different products, uh, which, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's super exciting. And uh, in terms of the innovation, I'll actually do uh, here an insert for our very recent Business Application Summit conference. We, we had an on-demand Power Query session 
So I think we can share the, the recording for all of you. It's mm -hmm. a 20 minutes uh, recording, out of which seven minutes it's me just talking at like 300 words per minute. Just doing <laughs> a very, you know, bam, bam, bam. This is a bunch of Power Query capabilities and a bunch of recently introduced features. Lots of uh, stuff related to the diagram view, the visual data prep experience that we've reviewed for the last few months and we just GA'd back in the middle of April. We also show a bunch of about example capabilities, data profiling, and, you know, a bunch of a Power Query magic showing up in there. So I definitely encourage all of you to check that out. But also, you know, it's not only about the capabilities that we put in the product. It's also about how do we make it such that users can discover them. They can actually stay tuned to the latest updates from, from us, from the product, from the team, and also engage with each other. So uh, you'd see a lot of emphasis there also around our push for better documentation. We have over 300 articles now about feature-by-feature uh, -feature Power Query deep dives in our Power Query documentation. We also have a community, Power Query users, which you can access primarily from the Power BI community. There's a dedicated area there for Power Query. We're now starting to em embed that same community into all the other product uh, communities like Power Apps and Dynamics and others. We just very recently launched a Power Query blog. So in fact, if you go to powerquery.com, which is a one-stop, not only find an overview of everything we do and all of our product integrations, resources, and uh, on resources, I'll not only talk about our generated resources and content, but also about the amazing job that people in the community, including you guys, are doing. So you'd find a lot of references and links there to blogs from many of our MVPs, a bunch of books, a bunch of training resources about Power Query. And lately, our blog, which we just started it a couple of weeks ago, and it was, you know, a little bit of the hello world, this is what Power Query is about. But it's going to be going forward, the place where we actually aggregate all news about Power Query from all of these product integrations. So just like today, you stay tuned to the Power BI blog to check out the monthly Power BI desktop releases, or, uh, you know, stay tuned to the Excel blog to look at the latest Excel updates. You're going to have the Power Query blog where you can actually go and see both of those and also every other Power Query related news from, you know, the Azure world, the Dynamics world or elsewhere. That's one aspect. The other aspect is, of course, you know, being our own blog, we get to get deeper into it. So you'll see a lot of uh, technology deep dives and, and best practices content around Power Query that probably wouldn't fit in, in, in some of the other more general product blocks. It's kind of like Power Query is all grown up now, right? It's not, no longer just a part of uh, Power BI. Now it's its own thing, and it talks to other people, too. <laughs> it's, yeah, I like, it's, to, I like to say Power Query is like my little kid. So now, you know, the kid is making friends at school, but it's, it's also uh, <laughs> going places. It's uh, going to high school now. Yeah, I've been a fan of this for a long time. In fact, the book that I wrote with Dave Feldman goes into detail about Power Query. So it's been around for a long time. It's, you know, it's before Power BI Desktop. It was in Excel. It was that add-in that you know you have to go get. You have to check this thing out. Go, going back into the, the Silverlight days of, of you know of Power View and everything as well. Like yes. this has been the consistent it, data explorer. Yes, <laughs> this has been the consistent <laughs> underpinning for all the good stuff that has been going on. So as I'm taking a look here, I love the fact that the, the M language reference is right off of the under the resources off of powerquery.com and that you know it changes the redirector. So when I said powerquery.microsoft.com, that was uh, if you go to powerquery.com, you go to the same thing that I was referring to earlier. But you know, one of the things that I've run into quite a bit, there are two. One is in the data flows world, since we've already been talking about data flows, run into a situation where frequently I, I see things that require a gateway. 
And being a cloud service type of a thing, because it's not available in desktops, only in the cloud at this point. That's been a curiosity to me. So I was hoping maybe you could talk about that and then I'll come to my other one in a few minutes. Sounds good. Yeah, we hear you. So a couple of uh, a couple of aspects on that question. Uh, definitely, you know, a lot of today's data remains on-prem. That's a reality. And, you know, using a cloud-based uh, experience to connect at that data, uh, as much as we make it super powerful and, you know, enterprise-grade with our enterprise gateway capabilities, there is friction. There is friction for users to come on board, say, hey, I want to create a new data flow. I want to connect to a new server, maybe. And, whoops, okay, here's my first roadblock. I don't have a gateway to connect to it, so I have to go set it up. Or I need to talk to my IT department to go set it up, and then we'll talk again in a couple of weeks or a couple of months so I can actually move forward. So we definitely hear that. And, you know, an area that we are pushing forward, although I cannot actually give you a timeline, but it is... Hey, what would it take to actually be able to use Power Query in the desktop to create a data flow? That way you completely remove the gateway part of, a, you know, the critical path on actually getting your data flow started and actually thinking through the hard problems of data prep. And then only towards the end, much like you do today when you create a data set or a report, once you publish that data flow to the service, to the Power BI service or to the Power App service, um, whatever you're using it, then you have to configure your refresh, you have to configure your, your gateways. So at least, you know, for that part of quickly prototyping and iterating and failing fast and creating a data flow, you have a straightforward way to do it from the desktop. But in addition to that, of course, there is also the just very simple question of, you know, why even for the case of cloud-based sources actually require the gateway in certain cases? And a couple of examples there include something like our web page connector, the, the web by example technology that we were just talking about. We also have other examples like connecting to certain types of Excel files, like XLS files or access files. The reason behind it is, you know, both those connectors actually leverage underlying pieces of software that are actually not completely secure to run within a cloud environment like the Power BI service or the Power Query online service. And we need to do a little bit more of, or quite a bit more of infrastructure work for us to isolate those things so that they can actually run purely in the cloud, but with some isolation and sandboxing around them. So we, uh, you know, we are safe and secure running them. So that's definitely something we are working towards, but it will take some time, but we definitely want to get rid of that limitation as well. Gotcha. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. So my other question, John, unless you had something else that you wanted to ask. Oh, I'll wait till you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish your thought. I do have a couple things. It's yeah. okay. So the other question I have for you, because when we talk about data flows, we talk about we're publishing M and we're really not, unlike a data set, you're not publishing any cache data. It only operates as the, the base code base, right? So one of the things that's very important in my world is the CICD capabilities that I look at. And I'm trying to understand where the capabilities lie as I'm thinking about it to get to a point with something like an Azure DevOps, because we spend a lot of time looking at epics and features and user stories and all of that and say, okay, we're going to go off and write all of this. And when we look at data flows, it feels like 
because, you know, and Adam Saxon and Patrick LeBlanc just recently on the Guy in the Cube channel did a really nice breakdown of what CICD and the Power BI world looks like. And as I think about what they had to say about it and the fact that part of the reason why it's not as simple in the Power BI world is because you have the data set and you have a, a cache of the data and then you have the structure of the reports and you have the visuals and so these multiple components. But when it comes to data flows, you only have the one component. So as I look at it in an Azure DevOps world or in a GitHub type of a world, I'm curious, Miguel, and I didn't prep you for this because it came to me as we've been talking. I'm curious your thoughts on the opportunities in this space for data flows to lead the way on that CICD capability around code and doing CICD for Power BI of any kind. That's a great question. I definitely was not ready for it, but <laughs> <laughs> a few thoughts. Solving this uh, CI/CD problem and in general, you know, version control and, and and you know, source code management within Power BI is is a hard task. Yeah. But then it's even harder when you're trying to do it across products. And the discussion we were just having about Power Query, many different products. I'll guarantee you, a Power Query user will want to have the same version control across. Their Power Query queries in Excel and Power BI and the Power Platform and Dynamics and everywhere, and just be able to have a centralized version of the tools. So, with this, where I'm going is actually no matter how you solve this within Power BI, you're still going to have additional challenges to solve this for Power Query in general. But the good news is that, you know, we have a few things coming up. Some of them are still are already somehow in market, but very nascent. A couple of ideas. One is about being able to take an entire Power Query project, and I'll use the word project very loosely here, to refer to, for example, all of your queries inside of an Excel workbook or all of your queries inside of a data flow, and export that as a Power Query template. Just the recipe, just the M. And of course, you know, with any query parameters along the way that you might have. Then that giving you a file that now you can take everywhere else to then say, new data flow from this template or new data set from this template. Now, you do have a file, so you can put that file whatever you want and do version control on top of it. Of course, it's not the main, you know, the main goal of, of the Power Query templates uh, idea, which is all about reusability. Version control comes as a secondary value there, but you can already do some of, you'd be able to do some of that stuff as well. Along the same lines, a little bit lower granularity, but the idea of, hey, I actually, I don't want to reuse this whole project, but there is this one query that I use all the time, maybe to create a date table, maybe to do some, you know, some magical finance calculation that is specific to my organization, and it's always these 10 steps that are very complex to remember. What if you were able to just say, I want to, I want to favorite this query, and now that query becomes available everywhere where you're using Power Query. Mm -hmm. I love it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's what we were going for. That's one of the areas that we're looking at. But I'll tell you more. What if it's not only you say, uh, saving something as your favorite so that then you see it elsewhere? What if now you can actually say, you know what? This publish. is a great query. I want to publish it for everyone in my organization. And now Jason can use it as well. Promoted and certified queries. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And I'll tell you more. Wait for it. <laughs> Not only about the queries that you and Jason can put together, but it's also about the queries that the millions and millions of Power Query users around the world can put together and contribute back to the community. 
and easily allow you to find them and just quickly use them. Of course, at that point, the, the trust and the, uh, you know, as you said, the certification and the endorsements from the community and all that will become key, but just library of math functions, library of, you know, you name it, right, will become something that the community can collaborate much more. And there's already a lot of collaboration in the community. We will do GitHub, for example, and start searching for Power Query projects. You'll find a lot of M libraries of functions that, that many of you guys are putting together. So it's all about making that easily discoverable and easily accessible to the millions and millions of Power Query users. And I could see the Power Query UI having a little gallery that you could tap into that would go to the Power Query community site where the, that's exactly. kind of like amazing. You could see a gallery there. Uh, and today, you know, we, we do support this level of extensibility already with connectors. We have our Power Query connectors SDK. I would argue it's actually still a lot of friction to go install an SDK in Visual Studio, mm. then create a connector. So we're looking even on that front to just make things much easier. Build something within the Power Query experience and have a way to package it and ship it from there so that people can use it. That's awesome. I, I was simply thinking about just being able to say, do updates in Visual Studio code, check it into GitHub or Azure DevOps and hit publish and have it go out to the service. But this sounds even more amazing. Still, I, love it. I, still, I still want that, by the way, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this, that the idea of being able to to promote, certify, and and have community based Power Query that's mind blowing. That's awesome. Is it ready right now? <laughs> it sounds like that's something that yeah, you just snapped your fingers and and made it come into existence. But yeah, shipping later this month. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking North Star here, but uh, yes, yes, yes. North Star is a lot of. Uh, explorations and activity going around that. So it's it's something I'm crossing my fingers. You should be able to see in the relatively medium term, I would say. Well, well, we, let's we, let's we, make we, sure that that was very clearly heard. Yeah, North, North yeah. Star, not coming right away. This is this is, this <laughs> is the thought. vision. Yes, this is where we, we could see something going. Because uh, anybody who dropped the, the, the thing and just went running to the computer screen like I would have right now needs to come back and listen to the fact that that's not there yet. So This is definitely coming in the future. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Well, and we know that the future won't be that far off. I mean, like like you said, uh, Power Query Online didn't exist four years ago, yeah. and it seems like, and I think that, you know, it's reached that tipping point. We saw this with SharePoint, right? We had things would get rolled into SharePoint, and then they'd make it online, and you know, online would always lag behind. A few months back, it started to feel like online was getting the, all the f features first, and now we're waiting for desktop to catch up. Am I out to lunch? Are, are we putting the features in Power Query online first and just, you know, rolling them back to desktop as we go? And that would basically, essentially meaning online is our primary go-to for anything that's new. I'm thinking about the diagram view in particular. Good question. A little bit of context there. Uh, so if you if we rewind a little bit back on the, on the history of Power Query, as we were saying, you know, Power Query, it started with Excel and then Power BI Desktop, both of them desktop clients, right? Desktop integration. So Power Query in the desktop being the, the main code base for the product. About five years ago, we uh, four or five years ago, we said, oh, you know, the cloud is the future. Uh, we need an online, fully online-based version of Power Query that we can integrate into all of these product uh, and technologies like data flows and the Power Platform and others. Uh, so at that point, we started bootstrapping the new Power Query online code base. Now we've come full circle and, you know, 
You notice that Power Query Online still has a few gaps here and there compared to mm -hmm. them. some of them are around some of the connectors that are still missing or some of the design time features. There's still a very narrow gaps here and there, although we've caught up with most of the user experience capabilities at this point. But at the same time, Power Query Online is the future in terms of Power Query code base, becoming just a single code base for both desktop and online. And that's where we're actually aggressively innovating. So, uh, John, you mentioned the diagram view, many of the other features, like, you know, whether it's the schema view that we put out also a couple months ago, or an improved Git data experience, browsing for files from SharePoint. How simple is it to connect to a, to a to a file sitting in SharePoint from Power Query in the desktop today. We're solving that type of challenge in Power Query Online. And at the same time, we're actually working really hard to bring, not bring all of those capabilities, but actually completely replace the Power Query desktop code base and experiences with the one that exists today in Power Query Online. That was some speculation that I've had. I, I got to think that that's what's going to happen eventually. So that's that, that's good to know. And I'm, you mentioned the file thing, and that's been a pet peeve of mine for a little while. We aggressively, you know, we're, we're doing talks, show people, no, don't use, if you've got your file sitting in SharePoint, for example, don't use the Excel connector, don't use the CSV, don't use the JSON connector, use SharePoint folders, because it's, of course, connecting to it, it is going to be refreshable, you won't need a gateway, if you want to connect to, with a file-based connector, you're going to need a gateway at the end of the day, one way or another, and it seems to me that, you know, the, one of the first questions it should ask is, Oh, you want to connect to Excel? Where's your Excel file? Is it in SharePoint? Is it somewhere else? Is it on a web page? Whatever that may be, and then you know, wire it up, wire it up appropriately. It sounds like that's what online's heading toward, eh? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what we're going for. By the way, on this topic of Excel and generally files on SharePoint, we have uh, such a wonderful article in our Power Query documentation that's all about the 10 ways you can actually connect to SharePoint files using Power Query and the, the pros and cons of it. So I recommend all of you to take a look. I actually want to read that. I haven't I haven't seen that one. I've certainly developed my own opinions, but... <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think you would uh, recognize many of your techniques there as well. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. We'll have to include a, a link to that in the show notes. <laughs> well, I think uh, we're probably getting close to the, yeah, we're getting close to our time limit on this one. Eh? Yeah, I think we're, we we promised that we would not keep Miguel past the top of an hour because he has calls and has to go start uh, doing some work on some of these things that he's already committed and promised well, to us on the podcast. He's here. got a new feature he's got to build this afternoon. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, exactly. I need to go uh, build uh, the new uh, the new browse experience uh, for sure. Right. And, and now we know why it's taken uh, 180 plus episodes to get Miguel back on the show. <laughs> He's busy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Always busy. Well, I'll, I'll be more than happy to be back anytime you guys you guys want. It's it's a pleasure to uh, to speak to you and a pleasure to speak to uh, to anyone in the community. It's just the the excitement and the energy and uh, you know the amount of uh, user engagement that we have around Power Query and you know in general about the Power Platform and and all of the other capabilities that we deliver at Microsoft is just at least for me it's really the thing that gets me going every morning and you know it's all about empowering all of you to actually work better with data so i have to tell the audience if you ever ever have a chance to see miguel do a presentation don't miss the opportunity. Yes. I certainly on our last MVP summit, I, I mentioned it uh, before we were on the show, but that was my favorite session of the entire entire show. It was just 
excellence from start to finish. So please don't miss it. And yeah, we're, it's always an honor having you on, Miguel. We really appreciate it. I, I got to tell you one quick story because it just it just got told to me a few minutes ago before we got started. I mentioned to one of my colleagues that I was going to be talking to you today because you know so many cool things that are happening in the power query space, and he got rather jazzed up about it. He said, "Way back when we were doing some troubleshooting at one point around power query and CDS back when it was CDS." He said there was an email that that we had corresponded on and he said that you had responded back to him. And he's like, I just about framed it and and hung it on my wall. It was so cool. So you are are much beloved in in the community, both at my work as well as everywhere else for all the great stuff that you're doing, man. Again, Thanks so much for this. And can't wait to see so much more on the on the Power Query blog at powerquery.com. It's gonna be continue to be great stuff. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, my pleasure. And yeah, we'll see you all in powerquery.com and uh, in future conferences. I'm looking forward to going back to normal. And uh, it seems like we're getting there. Yeah. yeah, I think we're just about there. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 